0: VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping
1: surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients.
2: As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop.
1: Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact.
3: You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money
0: Interactive Broker Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak for Friday, May 5th. Coming up today.
2: Too big not to pay. The FDIC plans to hit big banks with fees to replenish its insurance fund.
0: The sell-off in regionals subsides as PacWest and Western Alliance rise.
2: Apple
4: shares rally following solid earnings.
0: And a busy economic week concludes with the April
4: jobs report. The death of a homeless New York subway rider sparks calls for charges. Plus, Proud Boys leaders are convicted of seditious conspiracy for January 6th. I'm John Tucker. More ahead.
5: I'm John Stashdower in sports. The Warriors blew out the Lakers. The Mets shut out in Detroit. The Yankees begin a big series at Tampa Bay tonight. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. The business news you need to start your day in just one 15-minute podcast. Each morning on Apple, Spotify, the Bloomberg Business app, and everywhere you get your podcasts. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager.
0: And I'm Karen Moscow. Here are the stories we're following today.
2: The turmoil that has engulfed the banking sector and now the pain is hitting bigger banks. U.S. regulators plan to make the biggest lenders foot most of the bill for replenishing the government's deposit insurance fund. We get the story from Bloomberg's Doug Krisner. We're told lenders with less than $10 billion in assets wouldn't have to pay. FDIC data show more than 4,000 institutions were below that threshold at the end of last year. And depending on the size of their deposit portfolio, some banks with as much as $50 billion in assets could also avoid payments. Much of the tab for refilling the fund will be paid by the biggest banks. We are told the FDIC is planning to release its proposal as soon as next week. The deposit insurance fund was partly depleted by The failures of Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank. In New York, I'm Doug Krisner. Bloomberg Daybreak.
0: All right, Doug, thanks. So that move comes as regionals continue to take a pounding on Wall Street. PacWest plunged another 51% yesterday. It has now lost almost three quarters of its value in just over a week. Western Alliance tumbled 38%. And we get more from Bloomberg's Valerie Titel. The lenders
3: who are struggling now, PacWest, Western Alliance, they don't have an uninsured deposit problem like. SVB. SVB had some 90% of uninsured deposits. Mm. It's the flip side when it comes to PacWest and Western Alliance. Nearly 75% of their deposits are insured, so it's not necessarily about this uninsured deposit risk anymore. It could be about just a broader profitability, viability of these regional banks that's coming into question. And Bloomberg's Valerie
0: Teitel says both those stocks are now recouping some of their losses. Checking shares of PacWest this morning, they're up almost 14 percent, while Western Alliance is up more than 10 percent.
2: Well, meantime, Karen, a top banking boss is going to be coming to China. According to Reuters, J.P. Morgan Chase CEO Jamie Dimon is going to visit the mainland later this month. Diamond will attend conferences in Shanghai and hold internal and external meetings. Reuters says it'll be Diamond's first visit to China in four years. Well, turning to
0: corporate news now, Nathan, shares of Apple are up 2%. The world's most valuable company had results that beat estimates. iPhone sales actually fell 2.5%, but Apple had warned investors to expect a drop of roughly twice as much. CEO Tim Cook says China is a key market for the company.
6: We were pleased with how, with how we did and with the acceleration that we saw with the reopening. So we feel good about it. It, it also, China has a lot of very good metrics
0: Apple CEO Tim Cook announced plans for $90 billion in stock repurchases, the same level as last year. The company also raised its quarterly dividend 4%.
2: In the Meantime, Karen, we're learning this morning that a commodities trader at Macquarie is taking home more money than Jamie Dimon and other CEOs. Nick O'Kane, whose commodities trading business underpinned Macquarie Group's record annual profit, is getting a 59% raise to more than $38 million. That's more than his own CEO and diamond Diamond, who earned more than $34 million. Citigroup CEO Jane Fraser made $24.5 million last year. That's $14 million less than Nick O'Kane.
0: Well, it's a busy week on the economic front, and it culminates today, Nathan, with a jobs report for April. Economists say payroll growth probably slowed as signs grow that America's economy may slip into recession. We get more from Bloomberg's Michael McKee.
6: A Fed looking for a labor market loosening may be disappointed once again. The consensus of economists surveyed by Bloomberg is about double the level needed to absorb new entrants into the labor force. Unemployment is only forecast to tick up a tenth higher, remaining near a historic low. The rate of increase in average hourly earnings is forecast to flatten, but remain higher than the level consistent with 2% inflation. Policymakers are trying to slow demand in the economy by slowing the labor market. The best Fed officials can hope for is they see
2: some progress this month toward their goal. Michael McKee, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Mike, thanks. Recession warnings tied to the debt ceiling are getting louder in Washington. Senate Democrats are warning that House Republicans could wreck the economy, either with sharp spending cuts or a government default. This all comes ahead of next week's key meeting between President Biden and congressional leaders. Republican Congressman Brian Stiles says his side is ready to talk.
4: Republicans
5: are at the table. We're the only group that has a bill that's passed that raises the debt ceiling. The Democrats in the Senate have not passed any form of a debt ceiling increase. And the reason, I think, is because they don't have the votes to pass the clean debt ceiling that they all claim they want.
2: the Republican Brian Style of Wisconsin spoke with Kaylee Lines on Bloomberg Sound On. Catch the show weekdays at 1 p.m. Eastern on Bloomberg Radio, or listen on demand wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Well, let's take a look now at some stocks on the move this morning. Nathan, shares of Lyft are down more than 16%. The number 2 ride-hailing company is forecasting revenue that's lower than estimates. Lyft also reported fewer active riders on the platform than expected.
2: On the flip side, Karen, shares of Carvana are surging more than 35%. The debt-ridden auto retailer says it expects to report a profit this quarter following a string of losses.
0: And shares of Icon Enterprises up almost 10% in early trading. Carl Icon issued a dividend to investors after coming under attack from short-seller Hindenburg Research. The stock has plunged more than 40% since Hindenburg's report.
2: Time now to take a look at some of the other stories making news in new york and around the world for that we're joined by bloomberg's john tucker good morning john
4: good morning nathan there are more calls for an arrest in the death of a homeless man on the new york city subway witnesses say 30 year old jordan neely was threatening others when a marine veteran put him in a chokehold for 15 minutes the veteran was questioned and released but neely's death has now been ruled a homicide neely family attorney Lennon edwards the situation
5: that was presented was not one where he was inflicting physical harm on anyone. To the contrary, he had physical harm inflicted on him.
4: Meanwhile, Governor Kathy Hochul called the chokehold an extreme response. Neely is said to have had a documented mental health history at more than 40 arrests. Four of five members of the far-right extremist group, the Proud Boys, have been found guilty of numerous felonies for their part in the January 6th Capitol attack. Federal prosecutors say the leaders of the mob were responsible for assembling a fighting force that considered themselves Donald Trump's army. The jury convicted four of the five, including former one-time leader Enrique Tarrio of seditious conspiracy, plotting to overthrow the government and several other charges. Carmen Hernandez, the defense attorney for Zachary Reel, says she and her client plan to request a retrial in a separate venue.
1: We're very disappointed. I believe he's, the jury has spoken.
4: Well, meanwhile, Attorney General Merrick Garland says the Justice Department's work isn't finished.
0: Today's verdict makes clear that the Justice Department will do everything in its power to defend the American people and American democracy.
4: A.G. Garland says the department has secured more than 600 convictions for a wide range of criminal conduct on January 6th. It's a victory for British singer, Ed Sheeran. A jury in New York concluded Sheeran didn't steal key components of Martin Gay's classic 1970s tune, Let's Get It On, when he created his hit song, Thinking Out Loud. And service alerts for New York City subway, commuter trains, and buses back on Twitter. A week after MTA officials balked at paying to provide the information in an about-face, Twitter said it's restored free access to a programming interface for verified government and publicly owned services so they can send the alerts. Global News 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm John Tucker. This is Bloomberg. Nathan.
2: Thank you, John. Time
5: now for our Bloomberg Sports Update. For that, we bring in John Stashauer. All right, Nathan, this series between the Lakers and Warriors billed as LeBron James against Steph Curry, but they're not the only stars on the floor. Anthony Davis scored 30 points in L.A.'s Game 1 victory. Clay Thompson scored 30 for the Warriors in Game 2. He made 8 of 11 three-pointers. The Warriors won easily 127 to 100. Two Game 3s tonight. The Knicks have their Game 3 in Miami tomorrow afternoon. The Heat said to be optimistic that Jimmy Butler will play. sat out Game 2 with an ankle injury. Milwaukee won the NBA championship just two years ago, had the league's best regular season, but that first round loss to Miami has cost Mike Budenholzer his job, fired after five years as coach of the Bucks, The Devils play game two at Carolina tonight, wins last night for Dallas and Florida. The eight-seeded Panthers are up two games to none on Toronto. The Detroit Tigers were just 10-13 and 13 when they welcomed in the Mets who they then swept. Mets had only three hits and a 2-0 loss. Justin Verlander took the loss at his Mets debut. Until yesterday, Verlander had been an observer of his new team. I feel like it hasn't quite matched up yet. Like,
7: we've done everything well at certain points in time, but it, we haven't really gone on that run where we start pitching really well night in and night out and start hitting really well night in and night out. It's, you know, and that's
5: what happens. I mean, this baseball, it's baseball. 162 games. It's it's still early. The Nets are five they They're home tonight for Colorado. Yankees at Tampa Bay, where the Rays just won again to raise their record to 26-6, and tied for the fourth-best 32-game start in baseball history. The Giants have a new four-year deal with their Pro Bowl defensive lineman, Dexter Lawrence. John Stash, Howard, Bloomberg Sports.
6: Success is more than a destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's dedication. It's fortitude. And it's the work... Because success is the drive it takes to keep pushing. It's the passion to keep investing. It's the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Find a financial advisor at stiefel.com. That's S T I F E L.com. Stiefel, Nicholas and Company, Incorporated. Member SIPC and NYSE.
1: It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. You know success when you see it. Or
3: you think you do. The people in the spotlight. Athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers. They're small business masterminds.
5: Live from coast to coast, from New York to San Francisco, Boston to Washington, D.C., nationwide on SiriusXM, the Bloomberg Business App, and Bloomberg.com. This
2: is Bloomberg Daybreak. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager, and we are wrapping up a rocky earnings quarter for big tech with some solid results from Apple. The iPhone maker came out with revenue that beat Wall Street estimates, even though sales fell 2.5%. That wasn't uh, nearly as bad as Tim Cook and company were warning investors to expect. So let's get some uh, post-earnings analysis now from someone who has covered Apple for a long time. Gene Munster is back with us this morning, managing partner at Deepwater Asset Management. Gene, it's always great to speak with you about big tech, uh, particularly after we get the the kind of results that are giving investors a little bit of assurance this morning. Uh, What are your thoughts after we uh, got these results from Apple? Is it a matter of setting expectations right?
7: Well, That's part of it. I think from the highest level, you said it well, they beat revenue by 2%. They beat EPS by 7%. I would put that as a classic Apple-type quarter. The piece that was not classic is they guided revenue for June down. That's something that they typically don't do. Let me just quick frame in that. They're expecting revenue to be down 2% for the June quarter versus the street that was up 2%. So that's a 4X swing there. They did say FX had a 4X percent impact. Some people back that out. Some people don't. But when you put it all together here, there's something bigger going on when it comes to Apple. And last quarter, they missed the quarter. That's something rare. It's happened three times in the past decade. Uh, this quarter, they guided down. So you've had essentially two quarters in a row where there's been something that under normal circumstances would uh, have a negative impact. The stock would be down 5%, something like that. We're not seeing that this morning. We're seeing it up a couple percent. So Nathan, what, what I've been asking is what what is going on here in terms of what are we learning from Apple? And I think that the key takeaway here is that the active base is growing, which means that their device flywheel, their ecosystem, their franchise, call it what you may, uh, that is working. And let me just quick frame in that because I think this is an important factor that is going to become even more important for Apple investors in the years to come. And so they didn't break out the exact number. They just said that their 2 billion active devices uh, were up uh, year over year. Their products revenues, this is the revenue from their hardware, was down 5% in March. So they grew their overall active devices while well, products are down. And the way they did that is that essentially used iPhones to get uh, refurbished and resold to people who previously never owned one. So uh, that is a sign of a healthy base. It's hard to grow a number at $2 billion. Uh, just ask Meta. It's a very diff- that's their DAU number, their daily active user number. So uh, to put it in a nutshell, Nathan, is that these results were okay. The guidance was muted, but their device, the uh, dependency that customers are having, is increasing, and that is welcomed by investors. And that is a big shift that's going on in terms of how investors are viewing the Apple investment case. This is becoming a consumer staple company. Shockingly, consumer staples get huge multiples. They average 26 times. Apple's trading at 24 times and growing a lot faster. So, big picture is the devices was the takeaway from the quarter.
2: Yeah, that was a really interesting point in the note you put out uh, yesterday about Apple's earnings, the transition to a consumer staples company. I mean, we've talked in the past about the brand loyalty that Apple customers have for this company. Is it any more unusual? Uh, than some other brands might have when it comes to the loyalty of their customer base.
7: Well, their uh, numbers from in terms of like customer retention is remarkable. When you uh, look at uh, an iPhone, ninety percent plus customer retention. These are expensive devices, and so I don't have uh, comparables about uh, what other. Uh, that's probably uh, on par with Coca-Cola's retention. Coca-Cola trades at a higher multiple than Apple. Uh, Coca-Cola grows at 3%, uh, Apple grows at 7%. So uh, I think that the answer is that uh, the, this uh, has, Apple has incredible retention rates. We all know that. I think the piece that is changing here is that uh, we're seeing markets that have never stretched to own Uh, these devices having similar retention rates. For example, Southeast Asia was a a bright spot in the quarter. They talked about India, uh, Vietnam, uh, 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 South Korea, all these areas that historically they haven't had that brand loyalty, they're starting to emerge and those are large markets.
2: So when it comes to holding on to that brand loyalty, Gene, is that going to mean that Apple is going to put or need to put even more of a focus on getting newer, better customer devices out there? Or can it hang its hat on the services side of what it's been putting out there? Apple TV+, Apple Watch, Apple Music, that sort of thing.
7: Yeah. Now, you know, their their savings account, this high-yield savings account Uh, you know, these other products they're laying on to. The the answer is that they they need to stay ahead of the curve, obviously, they gotta keep innovating from a pure like feature performance basis, the hardware, how it specs out relative to like a Samsung device, they don't need to be the best. And that's been the case for many years, five plus years is they don't have to be cutting edge type of uh, sizzling speed.
6: Success is more than a destination. all of us. And that is where success meets success. Find a Stiefel Financial Advisor at stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L dot com. Stiefel, Nicholas & Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE.
1: It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts.